All right, everyone, welcome to the first episode of Under the Scope in 2017. I'm your host, Will Brost, and with me, as always, is the killer Mike to my LP, Patrick Anderson. I like that I'm killer Mike. That's the, Thank you for that. Well, I mean, you're just like a, a haircut away from being him, so I figured, uh, you know, you're, yeah. you're killer Mike. I'm LP. Uh, That's the only difference. <laughs> also, welcome back to the central time zone. You're not in California anymore. So, oh man, so jet lagged. So, <laughs> perfect time to record a podcast. <laughs> All right, so it's not just us today. We have a special guest, and if you remember our review of Kanye West: The Life of Pablo, he which was, you should, which you should, it was our first one on iTunes. So after eleven months, we would like eleven months, twelve months. No, that, and uh, and also that wasn't our first one. Our first ones are top fifteen songs of two thousand fifteen. Uh, uh, we can edit this part out in post. Who cares? Introduce me already. <laughs> All right. Ben Matthews. Ben Matthews. Everybody. <laughs> I am the living swipe right on the mic. I'm a slut. All right, you're our you're our favorite living slut. Um, so, <laughs> so before we get into it, uh, I'll just give the briefest introduction of Run the Jewels for anyone who's listening and doesn't know. Uh, they're an acclaimed hip-hop duo consisting of Atlanta rapper Killer Mike and Brooklyn rapper-slash-producer LP. Uh, both have had success individually, but their work as a duo has put them on a higher plane of uh, popularity as of late. Um, as the album title Run the Jewels 3 might suggest, uh, this is Run the Jewels' third studio album. Um, so, Patrick, I want to get to your opinion eventually because... Uh, one, that's kind of the point of this podcast. But two, you've done yeah. a very good job of keeping your opinion pretty secretive, even though this has been out for like a month now. But since Ben's our guest, I'm going to let him go first. What did you think overall of Run the Jewels 3? Um, overall, I mean, I dig it just like I dig any other Run the Jewels, pod, or Run the Jewels album, you know? <laughs> They're... Uh, They've got that fast-paced delivery that just kind of really satisfies me. I'm all about uh, that instant gratification. I'm not trying to hear anything like deep and really moving mm-hmm. most of the time when I listen to music. And Although Run the Jewels does that a lot, mm-hmm. they don't deliver it that way. They're just very fast delivery and very uh, – the only way I can describe it is it's like they're like – comic book super villains like mm. they have a lot of animated quotes yeah. and their delivery is just these crazy words and uh, phrases that normally don't make sense but even then you can get the idea of what they're trying to say and it's just all dramatic That's a good comparison theatrical in a lot of ways and i just love it uh, i can't hate on it the only thing is for me is i'm trying to be a lot more modest with my uh, critiques and not give out so many like perfect tens all across the board so my criticisms with run the jewels and it's like it is it's been this way since run the jewels one run the jewels two and run the jewels three they always start out first half of their album is going to grab you by the nutsack and like jerk you off and you won't know what to think but then once you blow your load you're like whoa he still wants to sit here and talk to me a little bit that's like the second half of the album where like it gets a little bit slower and deeper, and it's that's where I can like I'm fifty fifty on the second half of every Run the Jewels album, just because it almost gets too introspective for me. But I can't criticize Run the Jewels three for that because I felt like they really delivered on this one. So uh, twenty one hundred murders. 
I did not like that song as a single at all, but whenever I heard it in the flow of the album, that blew me away. The closing track on this album, I think it's one of LP's best beats. Mm-hmm. So you're not, right, into yeah. the, uh, you're not into the you're not into the cuddling portion of Run the Jewels albums, you know. You're, you're... I mean, I am, but most of the time I'm just trying to bang. And, I rarely cuddle. And you make a good point as far as you know the first few tracks on Run the Jewels projects being especially aggressive, like on here, you know, Talk to Me, Legend Has It, whereas like on Run the Jewels Two, it's you know, Oh My Darling, Don't Cry, and Blockbuster Night. Yep. So they sort of. You know, they, they slap you in the face almost right away. Uh, I guess, Patrick, what, what were your thoughts, I guess, overall? Yeah, so that's I, I really, really like that comparison to super or uh, to comic book villains. That's like a perfect, that's like exactly what I was thinking of whenever, uh, like, listening through it. Because they always have that, like, tie-in to, like, Adult Swim stuff and everything and, like, the nerd culture Run the Jewels has mm-hmm. uh, for whatever. Kind of like how MF Doom has, but, like, I don't know. So yeah, I was thinking of that that whole comparison, like while I was listening to it too, and they definitely seem like those kind of like anarchist, just like, uh, yeah, like run the world kind of dudes that just like don't really care, just like comic book supervillains. But the very and the beginning of this album, like Ben said, is one of the most grabbing. Yeah, it, it's it's the first five tracks first six tracks really because all the way to stay gold are like wow like every beat Mm is in is is meticulously well done i mean it's lp um stay gold is phenomenal that beat is absolutely phenomenal um and um the intro to the intro track to talk to me is one of the coolest transitions i think that they've done um, because it, it gives like this cinematic kind of opening, this like really like kind of slow build up almost, you know. It's the we're back kind of feel, and then all of a sudden it goes into classic run the jewels feel with talk to me, and I thought that was really cool. But yeah, like it gets a little bit uh, after stay gold, don't get captured, and then thieves and twenty one hundred comes on, and it gets a little bit draggy. Mm. and uh, a little saturated with the politics. And I really enjoy the lyrics, like the bullet, it's Killer Mike. So the guy is so intelligent with, with social, mm-hmm. uh, with, with social justice and everything. And, and LP is really good at just being like a really cool guy and understanding how, you know, how things work. So they, they have great thoughts and they're, they're, you know, they express them well, but like the beats get a little bit, I don't know. It, 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 the beats get a little bit much, I think, for for me. Like it's like, like in just in like the middle part of that, um, they just seem to like drag on a little bit too long. Like it feels like they're kind of mushing together almost. Um, but overall, like I'm not like upset at all about it because like the the overall message is so important and revolutionary and inspiring like it's they're they're they they turn out to be really worthwhile tracks especially 2100 um that ended up being being one of my one of my one of my biggest growers i think um but then uh towards the end uh like the last few tracks uh especially the last track report to the shareholders and kill your masters the first part of that report to your shareholders or to the shareholders was like 
almost kind of emotional for me. I really, really liked it. The whole LP like uh, reflection verse. I thought you were going to talking about like whenever about starting the group and like and just like his thoughts initially on what he was going to do, and then like looking back on it and then seeing where they've come to and like where they are now. Like it was really like. Oh, that, I, I really, really liked that. That was that was like cheesy, but it was like really well done. Kind of a nice sentiment, kind of a really interesting thing to have with Run the Jewels, like that little sentimental moment almost. It's like, damn, like I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It's like a, it's like they're those comic big book villains, like I said. But it's like yeah. you spend time with them through the first half of the album, and you get to know like their exterior. And as the album progresses, you get to see like the man behind the mask, and it yeah, it gets weirdly in- intimate. Yeah, and like uh, I don't know that dip between Stay Gold and Twenty One Hundred, like that was the downhill for me. But yeah, I don't want to say anything to detract from LP's production because he's really diverse on this, and I think it's some of his best work. Yeah, no, like any like those three tracks they're all well done but i think that it's mostly just like how similar everything gets like in between those three tracks yeah you just kind of glaze over yeah but like by themselves those tracks are like phenomenal like you know like if i were to hear any of those three tracks like by themselves like uh i mean i don't know it they, they, they would still be great produced tracks it's just in context with the rest of the album they don't they don't quite i, I don't think they complement each other complement each other as well just by like i don't know if it's the placement or just the fact that they just seem a little bit they're they're they come right after these five or six amazing tracks uh per, like you like distinct production wise tracks and then they come into these three they're just similar it's just it gets a little draggy it's like that post-climax moment where you have that realization of what you're actually in (laughs) it's all like going back to (laughs) it was a good metaphor i want to know will's opinions on this so will will you always like those last half of these albums because the slower longer tracks where they get more into it i want to know what you think so I first of all, I definitely agree with both of you. Where like the first half feels like the party, and then it starts getting to like the drunk guy who just wants to talk about politics at the party, and then it's like uh, <laughs> I'm just here trying to party kind of feel. But what I love about it's like, oh, man, chill out. Yeah, it's like, dude. Yeah, it's like we get it. CNN sucks. You know, there's police brutality. I'm just... <laughs> so, but you guys, um, like, where I, I think I disagree with you guys, I think the most in what you've said so far is not that three track stretch or whatever isn't my favorite but the song thieves is one of my three favorite songs on the whole thing just because i think of what they're talking about first of all killer mike's flow on that uh where he's like da 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 like he's speaking so slow uh so that you like really fully grasp what he's talking about and, yeah and some of what he's talking about i find to be really interesting like he's going straight at don lemon of cnn for yeah. his coverage on the Ferguson riots in which, you know, he he was describing the scene where he was at and he was talking about how he was smelling marijuana in the air, which isn't really yeah. relevant to the riot, but it just kind of adds to this negative perception of marijuana or negative perception of uh, protesters. So I thought it was cool how he attacked that for a few lines. But other than that, I'm in pretty much agreement with you guys. I mean, I love this album. Um 
But as far as what Ben was alluding to, like those last few tracks where, you know, it gets a little more uh, sentimental, I guess, or emotional. The track Thursday in the Danger Room with Kamasi Washington. Uh, yes. that Those verses are absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, they're phenomenal. Killer Mike. Elby's production. Please. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then Kamasi comes in so smooth with that that saxophone, just blends in. Because when I saw the track list, I'm like, how is a Run the Jewel song <laughs> going to work with Kamasi Washington on it? But, I mean, yeah, it was yeah. mixed perfectly in there. Uh, it wasn't overdone with Kamasi Washington. I was going to ask, actually, Patrick, because you're, like, the biggest Kamasi Washington fan I know. So I was going to ask what you thought about that. Oh, wow. What an honor. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about this song. <laughs> no, on, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was like completely surprised by it too. And like, I mean, they fit it, they fit them in perfectly. I think that's just a testament to how good of a producer LP really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because their, their style, their style is not like that. It does not make any sense that that man would be good uh, in, inside of a run the jewels track, but they made it work. It's actually like really, really perfect. Um, but I wanted to point out that whole thing, like overall on the album, like how well done the features were mm-hmm. um, in context with the album. Because like you've always said, Will, like your biggest complaint about some of sometimes when like people bring in features on records is that they start to like uh, take on either the persona of the person yeah. that they're having featured or they're just, you know, they're, they're basically just like letting that person have the track. That was like a problem I had with coloring book for reference. Yeah. 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 Which, sure. which I've, I've, which, yeah, which, which I think is like a really excellent point. And I hadn't really thought about that before you mentioned that. Um, but this album, the way that they've done their features on here was was great. They're not my favorite feet. I mean, Kamasi was really well done. Mm-hmm. It's such a minimal feature, though, and that was that was why it was so well done. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, it it, it just it, it does its job. It does exactly what it was supposed to be. It's not supposed to be the main attraction. It's just supposed to be. He's supposed to be featured on there. I think LP did an amazing job at doing that. Um, same thing with Hey Kids, the Danny Brown feature, mm-hmm. the. The Danny Brown feature was a little clunky for me, but it still would felt like it was really, I don't know, it fit really well still. Like, and, and again, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense that Danny Brown, you know, would fit on, on a, I don't know anybody that would honestly like just be like, oh yeah, yeah, they would definitely fit on a Run the Jewels uh track like beside you know especially not danny brown right because um, these guys though, oh. both of these guys are so stylistically uh, unique so lp he keeps on like impressing me so much with his producing the, his talent as a producer also his lyric work he was mm-hmm. really really good for the most part on this on this album too so, I felt like so. this was the first Run the Jewels album where LP honestly outshined Killer Mike. I agree. And a lot of that's just because Killer Mike's so just aggressive and his voice is just boisterous, where as soon uh-huh. as he comes on a verse, like, of course, he's going to take priority. It reminds me of, like, Kanye and Jay-Z on Watch the Throne, yeah. because Kanye kind of had that instantaneous yeah. kind of satisfaction where Jay-Z was more layered and it took you a while to kind of get into him. Killer Mike and LP have 
in the past had that same dynamic until this record where mm-hmm. it honestly felt like they were on the same plane and that was a really cool thing to hear so i agree i just i love that point because i was going to make a similar point because you're absolutely right uh I've, I've always loved the dynamic of run the jewels where uh killer mike was always the more instantaneous guy who brings you in and then when you kind of sit down and you know listen to the album a few times the more subtle lyricism of lp comes out and that's where the replay value comes for me uh absolutely i think think it's the same i mean it's a similar fabric this time but like you said i think lp stepped up his immediacy as far as his flows and his aggression goes uh like i think lp you know i think he's been hearing that people tend to favor killer mike as a rapper even though lp you know he's a veteran like he's been rapping for 20 years and so I think he just wanted to prove that, you know, he can be aggressive and instantaneous as well. I have a hard time saying who I prefer as a rapper. I think Killer Mike has better flows and voice and like cadence and all of that. But I think LP has better lyricism or at least deeper, more cl- more clever lyricism, I guess. Like Killer Mike is just, he's very blunt and straightforward. Yeah. LP does like the play ons uh, quite a bit, the play on play on words quite a bit, but he does a really good job of it. But he also drops lines like "life's a shit NATO," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is hilarious. Like, I, it's definitely like you know, like it, on purpose or whatever, because that's just LP. So, doesn't but, he follow that line with uh, "smokes my umbrella"? Yeah, I didn't get that one, and I don't think there's a genius annotation on it. There's a few lines. No, the where, genius annotations on this album are very. I want to get high, and that's how I avoid it. That's what I take that as. Oh, okay, okay. Life's a shit, NATO smokes my umbrella. I get it. Uh, oh, okay. that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. nice. Go, go ahead and annotate that on genius, because there's not a lot of annotations on genius on for this record. Surprisingly, oh yeah, then, I got to yeah. get that reputation, bro. Yeah, you can build it up. <laughs> yeah, refer to the podcast anyway. and yeah, do MLA sourcing on that. And so, you were talking about features, and you skipped over my favorite one. So I just want to talk about it real quick. Zach De La Rocha. Zach De La Roca. Okay, so yeah. oh god damn it, why has no one got something left for Trina? <laughs> she was great, but she just did the hook. I mean, I mean she was no Zach De La. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, real quick on that though, like Trina, I feel like formulaically she was kind of like the gangsta boo of this album you know because oh, and then boots was on both albums so i think they mm-hmm. and then of course zach de la roca but his verse and patrick i agree i don't know a lot of people that could fit on a run the jewels track as a feature but to me run the jewels is like they're like the modern rage against the machine to me like yeah. as far yep. as I- you know, as so, soon as as soon as I heard him on 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 that on that verse, I was like, "Yep, this is like exactly what these guys are." Yeah, like, it's like just, just a, violent, a, aggressive protest, protest music, yeah. but it's also, for lack of a better word, like artistic. Like it's not, you know, it, it, it's well thought out. I guess is what I'm trying. Yeah, to it's say. Yeah. It, it's protest music. It's just it's modern protest music. Is there that's exactly what Rage Against the Machine was? On that point, uh, what do you guys think about the timeliness of this release? Do you think the current political climate kind of hurts Run the Jewels as musicians because people just don't want to hear anything protest-related right now? I feel like a lot of people are tired of it, and that's why a lot of people haven't kind of given it much attention. Wait, what's what's happening in politics right now? 
Oh, apparently uh, we have a new president or something, oh, I think. Oh, right, right. Okay. To Elliot Smith. <laughs> Sol- solid inside <laughs> joke. <from the> back. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Uh, did, no, yeah, go So ahead. what are you saying? Like, you think that, like. I'm the, saying they're originally with, Like, everybody's really... inundated with protesting and they don't want to hear anymore. Uh, not not necessarily. Well, originally they were supposed to re- release, what, like, second week of January. But then they yeah. did the surprise Christmas Day release. Do you guys think that helped them or hurt them? Like, I feel like if they would have waited even longer, if, I feel like yeah. they made the right move there. Because not only would it surprise their fans, but also it's less close to, like, inauguration and all that. Where I feel like if yeah. they would have released with their original date, it would have been really easy to brand them as just, like, try, like Madonna trying to ride the hype of yep, right. all this political stuff as instead of, like, this is what we do, you know? Yeah, but I was, I was thinking the same like thing. A, what, my question is, they've been doing this for years, okay? Right, right. Do you think people are going to totally gloss over their history just because of where we're at now? See, and I, I, I'm with you on that because there have been so many anti-Trump songs, you know, and albums or, like, projects, I guess. Like, there was the 30 Days, 30 Songs yeah, uh, project. And- so it's Run artists that, yeah, that, right? uh, and now we have the hundred days. Yeah, now we have the our first one hundred days our via Bandcamp. Uh, it's becoming cliche almost. Yeah, but and, and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, but this is like the difference is like a lot of that stuff has been just not very good music in general. Like it's just been like just like you know, yeah. it's just been more of the same this, liberal right. heavy like like who cares like kind of music basically and not very well done these guys like they since like since what you said they've been doing this for so long right. these guys these guys proved that they're like one of the most important voices as far as this area of music goes as far as like political protest music goes so i like i don't know this is their lane I the know. right people like yeah the people that really care about this stuff are going to take a lot of this is going to be a very important record for them, I think. But um, I could see what you mean. Like, maybe some people are very turned off by it because they're like, oh, it's just another anti-Trump thing. But that, That's not my view. I was just playing devil's advocate no, there. But, like, that's one of the things I worry point. about the most is, like, this album comes out. I love it. And it's the thing about Run the Jewels is they are never too – I feel like a lot of music gets bad when it gets too specific on an issue. And yeah. it's not like they're directly going after Donald Trump right. or any. And yeah, they dropped his name one time. Yeah, and honestly, what rap record this year probably won't drop Donald right. Trump's name. Like yeah. they are doing a great job of being rebellious and showing their lack of trust in the system without doing it in worn out ways. And that's what continues to impress me with Run the Jewels. Like yeah. my biggest, I love them so much. My biggest fear is that they're going to just become right. corny after a while. Like. They're just that. They're going to be they were once off. a rebellious teenager, and now they're a grown-up burnout and not doing right. shit. Like they've failed to, di- or they failed to disappoint so far. And I really hope that keeps yeah. up because they. And I, I don't think they will disappoint. Cause no, because they 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 address that too. Like in their lyrics on this on this record, like LP's talking about, like if he he's, he worries sometimes that he spends too much time talking about what's right. Yeah, that's on. Uh, right. I think these guys are so. Say what? Isn't that on uh, shareholders kill your masters? Yeah, yeah, report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so I think these guys are like 
very self-aware and very socially aware and enough to a point to where like they'll like this this record feels a lot a little bit less like those you know 30 days 30 songs right. stuff right. and more like what a tribe called quests album right. was for <laughs> like social commentary and stuff like it feels more okay. it feels more well thought out and um yeah, if that makes sense, like the, right. it feels like it, it's in the realm of like important protest music instead of like just like oh we are making this because. So would you call him a modern day public enemy? That's that was my other thing. I was gonna. That's a good. Yeah, that the, might be a good comparison. I mean, like it, Killer Mike has been compared to, and rightfully so. You know, either Chuck D of Public Enemy or yeah, or like Ice Cube. Yeah, in NWA days. Cube. Uh, and I think that's a perfect comparison. But what I think is different about Run the Jewels is, you know, like you guys have been saying, it this isn't like a one-off thing for Run the Jewels. It doesn't feel preachy or pandering because this is what they do. Also, mm-hmm. this feel this album to me feels less anti-Trump specifically and more just anti-corruption and anti-big government, not big government, but just anti-government, anti-media. You know, all, all of that yeah. in general. Can I add to that? Yeah. Absolutely. What's crazy about their uh, like duo as like like I keep saying that supervillain persona. Mm-hmm. It's cool to start from that and just start with these like based on the first two to three tracks. You're like Jesus. These are some dirty evil bastards. Like mm-hmm. I do not trust them with anything. But then as it goes on, and they become the ones to expose a lot of wrongs and criticize our own system mm-hmm. it's like geez if these bad guys are even pointing out this many problems in our system what does that say about the system right and it it's just a really cool like the characters they portray it almost reminds me of wu-tang in a sense where how it's just animated almost like fictional but aggressive like you have to take it seriously or else we're gonna cut you into a million pieces style yeah to take at huge institutions like government and media like Mm -hmm. it's a powerful force and i just don't want to see it get uh um, not enough attention because of the current political climate yeah they build up like a reputation i feel like as two of the most lovable people in Mm hip-hop how can you not love lp yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah especially yeah especially with this past year with like killer mike also being involved with bernie sanders and um i feel like a did you guys ever watch Teen Titans? Yeah. Yeah. How far off the rails are we going? <laughs> oh, we're going, baby. Killer Mike is the grown-up version of Cyborg. Okay. Oh, my God, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> okay. Well, why do you say that? <laughs> yeah. I, I just think he's a badass robot. Why uh, couldn't he be Beast Boy? <laughs> no, he is Beast Boy because he's got that toothy-ass grin. And he's just always shifting shapes into crazy shit. That's, that's actually that's a perfect comparison. That's that's amazing. So you <laughs> you said your biggest worry was that you know uh, they they might be like written off as like a um, like, yeah, and then I compared them to cartoons. Right. That yeah. <laughs> well, my my biggest worries were one they were just going to be dismissed as uh, versions of Teen Titans, but also um, my other worry was kind of like the opposite, where like. People are just going to love Run the Jewels f- just for the beats, and that's fine. But then, like, not even care or even try to care about, like, what they're actually saying. Because I yeah. know a bunch of people that listen to this, and it's like, wow, you know, this 
this, this full of bangers, man. I love Run the Jewels, and then like yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I, I, I wonder I, how I many people. Yeah. I totally disagree. Really? Yeah. I, I do not want people to get caught up in the message of a song. Okay. That like. I agree the literal, lyrical message of a song is very important, and it's what attracts a lot of listeners. Right. But when it comes to Run the Jewels, I don't want people getting too caught up in their lyrics. <laughs> like, it's almost like if I had, if I was, it's like how I imagine my parents would have been when I was listening to Eminem. Like, sure, I, I it's good you. music, and enjoy it, but don't take it too seriously. Like, I do agree that, Run the Jewels has a lot of powerful messages that should yeah. inspire a lot of people. Well, yeah. I don't let that to go miss. But I well, do not yeah, you don't get, take this way too seriously. You don't get caught up in life's a shit NATO. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> that, love that kind life. of stuff. Dude, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, uh, like, like uh, on, 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 on reports to your shareholders and, and, and uh, Thursday in the Danger Room and right. things like that, like, those are those have such important uh, messages for especially for the time that like I don't think people need to just gloss over on right. That's kind of right. Even or, or even on twenty one hundred like talking about like you know the the risk of nuclear war and things like that and that's fine. Like people don't have to get too caught up in that, but like they're at least like very important like opinions. I think that people might want to take into account. I think I expressed my. Uh complaint with will's original claim wrong i do not i want people to take these lyrics uh i want people to listen to this Mm -hmm. with an with a uh very disciplined ear because they have a lot of lines that aren't meant to be taken seriously at all right and that's great that's what music should be like you should be able to have fun and relax but i'm all for the one or two lines they slip in that really make you think because that's what a lot of their power is that keeps you going through it through the album right Uh, one of the most um, one of the best examples of that I can think is uh, well at least to start with like something you can just glaze over on uh, is it called Ticketron where Killer Mike comes in on or yeah I think it is where Killer Mike comes in on that Shamalama Dumalama Day to Dick and Booty Mama Teeter with a Peter Never Teeter Never See You Later whatever that shit is like that shit glaze over in a heartbeat and that keeps things going well but fuck I had a line where it was uh what was that? I can't think of it now. I don't know. What I'm saying is it it needs yeah. to be balanced. You need to, no, be I get what you're, to I get appreciate what you're the goofiness while also appreciate their intelligence, but know when to tell the difference. I agree. It's like watching it's like watching South Park almost. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You're not gonna get the uh the audience if you're not trying to be a little fun or exciting. Like let me think here. I'm trying to think. Okay. Well, these guys just ex- that's just their personality like it's just right. expressed that way like because they're 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 very politically active and socially conscious but they're also just two dudes that just want to get high exactly. and have a good time like that's that's mostly at the end of the day like what they're about i remember so, what i wanted to ask yeah um what does last two pirates alive are still yargon what does that mean last two pirates alive are still yargon uh Yarg. Like Yargon, like uh, like like uh, how pirates say Yarg. Like, what does that mean? Though they're so, talking like, like two pirates. pirates left, and they're still talking like pirates. Well, like, yeah, they're my, still they're still they're still doing their thing. They're still yeah. they're still talking like pirates. They don't care what 
Yeah. Other so people is he saying, saying Killer Mike and LP are the last two pirates alive? Yeah, my guess is it's probably yeah. it's probably like a reference to like the whole run the jewels thing, like and the whole robbing people. Yeah, my yeah, stuff. my but guess is they, how much yeah. of that is also their free releases of their music where they're saying pirates oh, can't pirate. pirate our shit. Uh, Dude, that might be a good point. Yeah, yeah. There's so yeah. many levels to that, and it pisses me off because I know LP just wrote some goofy ass line. So this is this now is why you were this part. is why you're telling people to not get too deep. On <laughs> yeah, <they'll laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was you know they're the last two pirates alive because they killed all the other pirates, and then their yargon is like their way of celebrating or like boasting or whatever. That's what I took yeah. it as. But it could so be are, piracy. Okay, yeah. I like this. So, yeah, so that's... Let's just talk yeah. about this this line for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a dope line, and it means nothing. That is actually, yeah. <laughs> I love that, because cause LP, it's Last Two Pirates Alive, we're still yard and yard. And then on Killer or Mike's verse, at the same point, he goes, holla about tomorrow, baby, I'm a mom, holla, <clears throat> or something like that. I love those car noises. Whenever I'm mm-hmm. driving in my car and that part comes on, I just squeeze the shit out of my steering wheel. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. All right, get us back on track, Will. Yeah, where you at? <laughs> All right, well, I'll just ask you straight up, like, what were, I guess we, we can start with Ben, but, like, what were your, I don't know, like, two or three standout tracks or, like, songs you think, uh, you know, were um, some of the best on the album? Called Ticketron is my shit. I love Call Ticketron. That's probably my favorite. Um, Can you believe that yeah. that hook has been like really polarizing to people? I think it's like one of my favorite hooks they've ever done, where it's just the, the live from the garden. the garden. Yeah, live, 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 live from the garden. I think that's awesome. But you know, to mm-hmm. his own, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Legend has it is dope. I love Hey Kids up until Danny Brown's verse. For some reason, he didn't click for me on that, but I love LP's verse and Killer Mike's verse. Interesting. Um, I'm always guilty for that like second half banger they always throw in. Like on Run the Jewels 1, it was Get It. On Run the Jewels nice. 2, it was uh, the Gangsta Boo track. Yeah. So, or, yeah. I mean, I got to show some love for Like a Panther. I really hope they put out the original mix of that. Yeah, the miracle mix that just sounds awesome. I don't know if they, <laughs> I don't know if they have multiple versions or if they're just like oh, they have to. Yeah, yeah. So I find it interesting with the Danny Brown thing because, well, one, I thought it was. I mean, I loved it, but also, fun fact, really, Doe was originally supposed to feature Run the Jewels. Like that was supposed no to. No way. Yeah, like that was supposed to be the oh, combination. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that was. Supposed to be it, but I guess for whatever reason it didn't happen. Still an awesome I'm, track, but yeah. Yeah, his features he got instead were still pretty killer. Yeah, yeah, they got right. I mean, that song was freaking amazing. But yeah, I guess, uh, Pat, what were some of your, or Patrick, Pat, uh, Killer Either, Mike? Yeah, what were your. You uh, can, you can, you can call me Pat. All right, Rich. Um, uh, what? <laughs> let me read this first. Yargen is a Kansas <laughs> Maria. In this case, changing yard from a noun to a verb that reinforces Killer Mike's and LP's revolutionary and nonconformist stances on as the last two pirates alive. The second line creates a nice pun in the conjunction with the begging your pardon, a phrase I would not expect to hear from the pirates. Uh, so yeah, this 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 genius annotator said it was to reinforce their their nonconformist stance as uh, pirates. And you know, I never thought about taking it from yard to yargon from like a different. Uh, verb tenses but man that's that's pretty deep yeah <laughs> all right so 
<laughs> that being said, I wanted to just clear that up because I feel like everybody needed was going to be driven crazy by that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cackling. Um, yeah, so a couple of my favorite tracks. Um, hey Kids would have been uh, the best standout for me if it wasn't for the Danny Brown verse. I really, it's a good feature. Like, he does, he does a good verse, but it's just a little clunky, like, how it's put in there um but you know again like I, I i wouldn't have expected it to work as well as it did at all it just i don't know i feel i feel like it's just slightly unnecessary i, I feel um, that i feel that i don't think it added a ton it's not it's yeah exactly it's not like it's not it's not bad or anything but i was just like well you know I'm, i'll probably skip it like you know whenever it comes on like i don't i don't you know but that would have been that would have been the biggest one it's still an amazing beat i love the uh i love the the kids this is so crazy like right before the the beat kicks in it's really cool um he made my eardrums bleed yeah <laughs> well, uh, let me gold. get you this then patrick what? uh before stay gold um what would you have thought if instead of doing how does that it starts with an lp verse and then killer mike and then danny brown right right how do you felt if instead of doing full verses they do like run the jewels usually does and they just do eight or 16 bar trade-offs for two verses cool. and have danny brown on half of each guy yeah that would have been cool that's what i thought too or at least yeah. separate them because the the way it's structured it feels like a run the jewels track with lp and killer mike and then it's like you know what, we'll just loop the beat another 40 seconds and then throw Danny Brown on at the end. Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah. it could have been interlaced a little. Because I think they would have great chemistry if they interlaced their verses a little bit. Like Danny and Mike trading like lyrics, that would be so that awesome to hear. That would be insane. Hear. Yeah, that would be a, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I agree. I mean, I like the verse, but that, um, you know, that and then even a couple songs on here. I liked them, but they didn't like add a new dimension that I would have wanted. Uh, yeah, like the song "Oh Mama," cool song, but it didn't like give me a feeling that wasn't already given to me in a better way, like earlier on the project. If that makes sense. Yeah, completely, completely understand that. Uh, yeah, I disagree. I think if you're gonna make a song about mamas, it's got to be better than Kanye's, and that one wasn't. <laughs> I love that song the first time I heard it, and ever since then I kind of just skip it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a banger, but that's about it. Like I don't know. Yeah. So, um, my thing, anyways. Yeah, Patrick, yeah. what were you gonna say about Stay Gold? Yeah, Stay yeah, Gold yeah. is a phenomenal song. I hate that song. How? Uh, I think it's the beat that good 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 or whatever it is that LP scratches on that whatever syllable he loops like that's what turns me off on it. I love the hook. The I honestly, whole. One of the guys I work with, that's his favorite song. And all the time he just goes, I got a bad girl. And, like, I love saying that. Like, it's a fun, catchy song. But for some yeah. reason, that DJ shit turns me off on it. But okay. anyways, I want to hear your thoughts on it. The, the the thing that gets me about this is, like, the, the mostly, like, the chimes that he throws in there and that steady little climb that he throws inside of the beat. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And whenever he's, whenever, like, yeah, it starts off with that, like, that chime that sounds exactly like how like a gold like shine would sound like like if they were you know like in cartoons or something like that if a if a gold brick was to like have a shine that's like the sound that it uses um i thought that was 
phenomenally phenomenally done um and then just uh, and then after that yeah it's just like such a super catchy fun uh track and like the 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 verse trade-offs that they have on that is uh one of my favorites it's just the it's the most this is like run the jewels at one of their most fun Mm-hmm. kind of moments i think that they're that they play as their best whenever they're just having fun with each other they're trading off verses and you know i think my favorite part about that track was all the the word play involving gold yeah. like killer mike has that line something along the lines of uh i'm gonna be gold until a g get old and then they start mm-hmm. talking about yeah. you know their lyrics being gold something about lp said something about golden showers which again yeah piss on power golden showers exa- right so it's all of this gold wordplay uh which i thought Biscuit. was awesome i mean it was it wasn't <laughs> one of like my top favorite tracks or anything but i'm you know i enjoyed it a lot uh definitely a standout just great beat that, to that it like the chimes and how like golden it feels overall that just doesn't appeal to me because I don't want Run the Jewels to be like clean and nice and pristine. Like the Golden Showers lines and shit like that, I get, but like the beats, what turns me off. Like on a, sorry to just throw this off the rails, no, but that's... on Call Tigatron, at the very end of that, when he brings in those, uh, it's like carnival horns, isn't it? Oh, like, or I think it's like they do something with the bass, maybe, where it's just. It's or... some large yeah. band that's yeah. after the very last verse. And it's just for that last hook, it's like, yeah, yeah. It, like it yeah. feels like a, a crazy cra- clown running through a carnival. Like that's what I want Run the Jewels to be. That's why Stakehold doesn't really do it for me. But I get you guys aren't really looking for just anarchy in music. So <laughs> well, I, yeah, I like that. It's just that Stakehold, like that whole that whole part of it, just stood out so much to me. I feel but like called called like- Ticketron. I completely skipped over. I really, really, really liked called Ticketron. Mm. Mm-hmm. um that yeah the the live from the garden sample that they used was un, that was awesome that's it's so so well done like um the, yeah. and then i the ben you mentioned the the i'm a sama lama do my lama that part Tita with the that, i love Tita, tell her, that. see you later <laughs> i love that verse that's like one of my favorite verses that killer mike has on this whole thing it's mostly that's just because of the flow he's ever had i think yeah. that in uh on get it he has like six bars that he does that fast but I feel like for Killer Mike, like he's got to get winded after that shit. Seriously, <laughs> that's why it's been two that's and a half real. years since uh, Run the Jewels too. Like it's just like they re- have to record a song and then take a break to like catch their breath a little <laughs> bit. Um, What's cool though, that's why I love Run the Jewels so much. Like especially just rap duos in general is it gives you that much like longevity. Where like all right, I only got to make it through these eight or sixteen bars as hard as I can, and then I get a break before I got to come back in. Right. And I feel like that's why their live shows are so dominant. Like, if you know anything about Run the Jewels, like, sure, their albums are great, but their live shows are five times better than that. Like, I'm really bummed. This uh, album, the guy I was telling you I worked with who uh, loves Stay Gold, he got to catch him up in Nashville a week and a half ago. And Word. I'm still kicking myself for missing, missing that. Shit. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, we saw him, you know, so there's that at least. So. But they do yeah. put on a great live show. Uh, I mean, you guys just... only saw, or Will, you only saw him at Byron, right? Right, right. So and Pat, you it, haven't seen him at all. I haven't seen him yet. Uh, the I that I Byron show was awesome. Mm-hmm. But whenever I saw him in St. Louis, the night of the Mike Brown verdict, whenever yeah. there was all the army shit out on the St. Louis streets because the riots went down that night, run the jewel show at the Ready Room that night was 
by far the most electric concert I think I will ever see in my life. And that is what makes me love Run the Jewels is knowing that not only they have that power, but they come and they deliver it. And whenever you like, whenever you're there and you feel it, it's a whole different beast than when you're just listening to it. If you guys ever get the chance, please see them at a small venue, Mm -hmm. which is probably not going to last long because they're boiling up. Yeah, they're on the world. They're going on the like almost a world tour now, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. The uh, the coincidence that you were there the night of the uh, the Ferguson, you know, or the Mike Brown verdict, and the concert you were at was Run the Jewels. Like that coincidence is that's the most Run the Jewels thing ever. It really is. Like, I mean, you could have been there for you know, like a a nineteen seventy five concert, but no, it was it was. I would have been at that show. (laughs) That's why I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! So, um, no, the thing with that, all of that is. And to anyone listening, if you want to know more about that show, look up the speech he gave before that show started. He walked out and gave a whole speech about this issue and his his thoughts before he went into the first song. And, like, it really shows Killer Mike's character. But uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Fuck it. (laughs) Run the jewels. (laughs) Basically, what I'm trying to say is those guys live make you realize – what they're saying means something to them in a sense. And it's not as much about, well, it's, at the end of the day, it's always about the music. But once you see that atmosphere in person, it's it changes the way you hear the music forever. Yeah, that, may, that, that makes sense. So you, so got, you, have, that per, you have that perspective now to apply. So you guys were talking about, I just kind of want to touch on this for a sec, about how, you know, how can you not like Killer... Um, yeah, how can you not like Killer Mike or, you know, everybody loves LP. And what I love about this group is that they simultaneously get, like, the mainstream appeal because they are very accessible. But they also have the respect of, you know, people who prefer underground hip-hop or, like, lyrical hip-hop. So they get, you know, all the people that have been fans of LP for, you know, since the late 90s. But they also get, uh, you know, people who just want to have a good time and hear some good beats so their approval rating has to be like damn near the highest in hip hop right now. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, haven't, yeah. I haven't met anybody who's just like, nah, you know, I'm a fan of hip hop, but run the jewels don't do it. Or they love them. Right. Exactly. Right. It's not like, you know, I, I love rap, but run the jewels just doesn't do it for me. Like I've never, <laughs> I've never heard that. It's cause they cover all of these bases that you want in a hip hop song or an album or an artist. And so I think that's a really underrated challenge to pull off because you're typically either, oh, you're ASAP Rock or you're ASAP Rocky. And so they kind of, <laughs> yeah, I know, that's dumb. But, that was, I like that. That's sick, Will. That was I sick. like that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's what I, you know, I wrote that down, actually. It's... Oh god damn it! You just I'm saving it all. it all month long. <laughs> yeah, in front of the mirror. Okay, uh, ASAP. <laughs> so, anyways, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to touch on a couple of my favorite tracks real quick. Um, touch them up. Oh, I, let me just mention that yeah. Legend Has It is my actual, my absolute favorite from that though. Good segue. Yeah. Legend Has It is like so. my third favorite. Okay. I mean, the beat is undeniable. The flows are undeniable. The beat goes from a banger to like a banger that has some smoothness to it like it's like me yeah exactly like ben it, 
That's exactly what I was thinking yeah. whenever I hear, heard it. Thank I was you like, for, wow, yeah. Ben, on a track. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it goes to that, like, aggressive banger to, like, it has those little, uh, those synth, I guess, you know, whatever it is. It, it, it's a great beat change-up, and it's just an yeah. electric track. Uh, kind of hey, like uh, what, next time you listen to that track, keep an ear open for uh, like reverse cymbals and reverse snares. That's what blows my mind about that track is how good LP uses those. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, maybe like a sound file, like a snare drum. Like you hit it yeah. and it's very hard at first uh, yeah. and it dulls out. Yeah, right. As a producer, he takes that and flips it and just very yeah. Dang. Listen out for that. Will do. There's a lot of those on the album that are fucking dope. LP, LP mm. is, uh, I mean, he gets his credit, but I always feel he's still kind of overlooked when talking about, like, best producers in hip-hop. So I'm glad you mentioned that, because I'll keep a lookout for that for sure. I love LP production. Uh, my second favorite, Thieves. I've already kind of talked about that a little bit. I just love, I think of all the, like, well, not all of the political tracks, but I think this one is the best, one of the best at being, you know, political, but also... A banger like it's not like don't get captured which is political but not very accessible um i think that's my least favorite track what thieves or don't get captured don't get captured yeah i mean it yeah. it, it didn't it, i love the messages of it you know they discuss uh like gentrification uh you know poor neighborhoods racism all of that but i mean musically it doesn't grab me as much as yeah. like there's a way to be political while being really engaging and that's what thieves is and that's also what I mean, the standout track, we've talked about it already, but Report to Shareholders, Kill Your Masters. That yeah. ended on the kill best. Your. Yeah, the Kill Your, kill, kill, I mean, that's kill, like kill. that's like a perfect Run the Jewel song. I mean, the first half, you know, obviously kind of sentimental. You know, LP talking about, well, maybe this is why Mia might get along because they have a similar mindset. Um, and this kind of goes back to my comment about, you know, not so much anti-Trump as much as like anti uh, political corruption where um, Killer Mike has that line where he's like um, something about you can vote for the lesser evil but the devil's still gonna win like I thought that was a really good point mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then the Kill Your Masters part the Zach De La Roca his verse is the best feature verse I think on a Run the Jewels project period uh, he has that awesome Children of Men reference which like yeah, I, that, I yeah, missed that. I, what is that? Uh, I wrote it down because I okay. Killer children, killer, of, yeah, yeah, killer children of men on the throne, roving with no atonement. Got me feeling like I'm Clive Owen rowing through a future frozen, where it's like. So the I need to watch Children of Men. You've never seen Children of Men? Oh yeah. Nah. Oh dude. <laughs> what was what was that? <laughs> is that a nah? Okay. <laughs> no, that's a nah. That's a big nah. So okay. what, yeah, you got you should watch Children of Men. Basically, the point yeah. of the lyric is, you know, this world kind of feels dystopian, and you know, he's got him, you know, Zach's feeling like Clive Owen, who is the main actor, uh, just kind of making his way through a dystopian atmosphere without any sort of rule or. Uh, you know, just pure chaos. So I thought it was a cool reference just because I like that movie a lot, but also I thought it was pretty poignant. So yeah, those are, I guess, my few favorite tracks. Um, anything else you guys wanted to, you know, touch on before we went to like final thoughts? Um, What did I want to say? Once again, I forget. No, nope, I got nothing. <laughs> Good radio. The fat. <laughs> <laughs> A nice, nice, nice amount of time to kill with that. Yep, you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. That's why they bring me in. <laughs> um, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, Everybody Stay Calm we haven't talked about. I think that that was, that was a really, really good track, too. There's a lot of really interesting really well done lyric work on 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 this uh on that track but i mean yeah it it falls again in like the 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 area of like kind of the downswing but it's like on the come up after uh like i feel like miracle mix starts like the the comeback up of it Hmm. it's really mostly for me just don't get captured for thieves in 2100 that kind of makes it go a little bit into a dip but um one of the coolest things uh uh references that lp made on here was the mandela effect stuff um you guys know about that stuff right uh can you describe it briefly i'm thinking of the line i'm the nelson mandela of atlanta dope sellers yeah well it's 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 before that um but um so what he does is like the the mandela effect is like like people it's stupid Actually, that's not even the that's that's not even the right track either. It's Hey Kids that he makes the Mandela effect uh, reference on. He makes the Nelson Mandela reference on this one. I fucked that one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, everybody stay calm is pretty decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck Nelson Mandela. The dude didn't do shit. Right. Nelson, the the Mandela effect is a stupid thing. It's it's it's. <laughs> It, just look it up. It's ridiculous. Yeah, listeners, look it up on your own time. It's not worth our business. LP does have a bunch of like references, though. Like he does have a bunch of like movie and pop yeah. culture references. Like I think he makes a Godfather two reference and yeah. uh, Godfather one. Yeah, he just he's the biggest Godfather fan in hip hop right now. Yeah, he's, just... well, he's from New York. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, we're, like, we're, we're trying to have a podcast here. Yeah, that, that's my New York. So. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. Final thoughts. Wait, 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 wait. Before final thoughts, I remember what I wanted to ask. Have you guys looked up anything about the production beyond LP? You like who else is in on the production, or primarily Little Shamir? You know anything about him? No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. no. Definitely check him out. He's a guy. He's been producing with Run the Jewels. He's uh, he's really close with LP. I think he made Run the Jewels did a song for this documentary Little Shamir made. It's called Rubble Kings, and it's about the New York gangs that the movie uh, Warriors is based on, the real-life ones. Oh, God. And it's all interviews with these different dudes from these old street gangs that still are holding all these beefs. And Run the Jewels kind of what's involved with it. Little Shamir, their producer, made it all. So, like, it goes to show, like, they're not faking their streets just like most rappers aren't, you know? Just wanted to give a little shout-out to him. And a quick shout-out to track star The DJ, the DJ who does a lot of the... He does all their live performances. He does all the record cutting. Uh, I think he's a St. Louis native, actually. So shout out nice. to that dude. There you go. He's an STLian. I love it. Yeah. STLian. Copyright yeah. that, bro. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know how this works. Uh, I think a patent troll already took it, but you know, ah. Ah, shit. Oh well. All right. Uh, final thoughts. Rating. Let's do it. All right. We'll start with we'll start with our guest. All right. Guest well, first. Final thoughts. Um, I feel like, uh, let me just make a big blanket statement about Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels is a legendary duo. Everything they put out, no matter what, it's always going to be a 7 out of 10 or above. And a lot of art, and a 7 out of 10 for an album, sure, that's not that great. But if you can do that every time, that's very impressive. 
there are a lot of very prominent rappers right now who cannot consistently deliver seven out of ten or above albums and run the jewels can so do not snub them anything they put out listen to it as far as this record goes i want to give it a high eight a low nine out of ten just because it starts we don't, so we don't do that you yeah have to you got eight or nine man <laughs> with your heart this numbers. isn't the needle drop <laughs> okay sorry i thought you guys were like professional fine i'll give it an eight because i'm being right. modest you thought you were professional <laughs> but no it's it's a great album overall uh if you listen to the first track i promise you will finish it because the first half there's no stopping like that's 25 minutes of basically adrenaline getting pumped into your spine uh from then on it depends on your taste and that's why i give it an eight fair enough that's pretty professional i got yeah, that was, that was good bag there pat <laughs> all right so <laughs> yeah i i agree i think that that you nailed it these guys are like uh they're they're starting to become like the most consistently great uh group in hip-hop right now like they might be the best group that's out there right now um up in the hip-hop world so they proved on this album that they can be consistently a great band and also just be like such an awesome voice for the people right now um yeah i'm the the political messages on this on this record they are what they are so if you if you're not if you're not a fan of their message if you're not for their agenda you may not be all about what they're what they're saying but they're at least so well thought out and and fleshed out in these verses that like you can't you can't help but like take their opinions seriously at least um so they do a phenomenal job of doing that aspect. LP's production proves to be some of the best in hip hop right now. Um, even though some of the tracks on this record can get a little draggy for me, uh, just maybe in context with where they're placed or just the sameness of, of how they are. Um, overall, I mean, every single track on here is phenomenally produced. Um, so it's it's a long album it's it's definitely hard it's not hard to listen to but it's like it's definitely very political so if you, it's like the first time that you're getting into this group this one is definitely like i feel like the the one that's that's going to be the you you're going to want to check them out in succession because this is the one that 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 takes a lot more hard listening to to get used to so but overall this album i agree with ben it's an eight um yeah, it's it's a it's a really well done album. It's very important. So, and I really really enjoyed listening to it. So we got a we got a couple eights. Um, no surprise, I loved it too because I don't think it's different enough from the first couple of Run the Jewels projects to the point where, you know, I I would find it hard to believe that someone loved Run the Jewels and Run the Jewels too, but just didn't care for this one. Um, as you mentioned, Pat, uh, they continue to be one of the most consistent acts in hip-hop. Uh, they haven't missed a step yet at all. Uh, so not only are they like batting a thousand or whatever the term is, uh, but they improve, I think, with every single release. Uh, the first Run the Jewels was kind of a fun get-together display of raw talent. Like, hey, let's just have fun rapping over some beats. They did a great job with that. 
Uh, Run the Jewels 2 is a more like refined, structured version of that. Uh, they improved on uh, songwriting, structure, uh, cohesion, all, uh, you know, and um, they just took their sound, I think, to another level on that. Uh, but to me, I think this is their apex as of right now. Um, at this point, they, they're now, I think, fully comfortable with their sound and their chemistry is 100% natural. Like they come off as people who have been best friends for like 30 years. Uh, LP, to me, once again, proves why he's one of the, I'd say, one of the 10 best hip-hop producers ever. Uh, he has, not only is his work with Run the Jewels great, but his work as a solo artist is great. His work with Cannibal Ox was great. And they're all different. He produces different depending on who he's producing for. And he absolutely nails it every time. So I think LP, uh, his production deserves a lot of credit especially on this album. Um, as expected, I think Mike and L absolutely remind us why, you know, no one really questions their lyricism. Uh, Mike is more, I guess, immediate, as I said. L's a little more subtle. Uh, but I think those styles complement each other perfectly. Um, just a few minor weaknesses. Uh, I think the intro, like the intro track, could have hit me a little harder. Uh, a couple hmm. songs like... Oh Mama, or um, even like Stay Gold, honestly. I think they could have been more distinct. Uh, Thank and I, you. And I think, I think Run the Jewels, <laughs> I love Stay Gold, but I think it could have been a little more, <clears throat> I, I don't know, they're, they're, it was missing like an element that made it more distinct. Gold. Than some of the, yeah, <laughs> that was the, was that was the element. That was, yeah, right. It needed a little more like copper in it and it would have been just awesome. Uh, and I think as a whole, Run the Jewels 3 could have sounded a little more unique in comparison to Run the Jewels 2. Uh, Agreed. But honestly, I don't have too many complaints on this. So I'm happy that on the first podcast of 2017, I can ring in the new year by turning the six upside down. It's a nine now. Nice. <laughs> it's a nine out of ten for me. <laughs> Uh, it's usually the John Cena music. <laughs> By God, that's John Cena's music. Uh, yeah, nine out of ten for me. Uh, the under the scope average is eight and a half. Uh, the average for the three of us is eight and a third. Shit. Wait. No. Sure it is. No, eight and two thirds. No, eight and a third. Shit. <laughs> Got him. The yeah. under the scope average is eight and a half. All right. Uh, so that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> Guys. Well, you, okay. you confused me I'm with the high eight. Question. Yeah. Can I ask one last question? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like you said perfectly, Will, it's like uh, Killer Mike and LP have been best friends for years. And I think a lot of that comes from, for the, we haven't hit on this yet, Killer Mike's last solo album, Rap Music, right. was produced by Adult Swim. He was given full creative control over it, and he had a short list of producers he wanted, and he wanted to be original. Apparently, LP was top of that list. As soon as he met LP, and LP made a couple of beats for Mike, he said, that's it, LP's making all of the beats for this Thanks. album I'm doing. So that's kind of the start of Run the Jewels. That I, so yeah. that's LP's experience producing for Mike. It's beautiful to watch that progression, them come to LP producing for the both of them throughout Run the Jewels. But right. my question is, with where they're at now, 
do you want to see a Run the Jewels 4? Because uh, right now I feel like they have the Lord of the Rings for the rap game right was, now as yeah. trilogies go. Yeah, if I think if they do a Run the Jewels 4, and I'll quickly say, if you listen to this album and you're significantly more impressed with Killer Mike's rapping than LP's rapping, but you love the production, check out Killer Mike's rap music. It's Killer Mike rapping entirely over uh, aggressive and like Southern-flavored LP beats, so I think you would love that. But if they do a Run the Jewels 4... I would like to see it go in a uh, in a much different direction. Like as I mentioned, yeah. I think Run the Jewels three sounded pretty uh, within the same lane as Run the Jewels two. So if they did that again, I might it might be a little bit of oversaturation. Uh, but if Run the Jewels four happens and if it sounds just you know significantly different, I would be all for it. Um, but I do that miss is- LP solo material. I think that it's definitely possible. They're, they've they've proven with these three records. Like I don't know any other group that could put out three records that sound this similar to each other, but also like are all are all three definitely their own thing. I don't know any other group that could do that. So like I'm not going to discount that they couldn't put out a fourth album that also sounds similar, but it's you know is its own thing. But I I agree with Will. Like I feel like there needs to be like a change up or something if uh, Run the Jewels 4 is to be a thing. And then if Run the Jewels 4 is a thing, then, like, yeah, if you're going to go in, like, the succession of trilogies, do you keep going to, like, 6 or... Right. You know, I... Yeah, it's... it's. I'm interested. I I feel like they have to, like, especially with, like, the political climate and everything that's happening now and how involved these guys are, I feel like something's going to happen with both of them and, you know... But whether it's run the jewels or whether it's something else, I don't know. But I'm this. I'm I'm very happy with what we have so far, at least. And, uh, the reason I asked, and Patrick, I want to throw this at you. Their release, they're just self titled one, two, three, whatever. That reminds yeah. me a lot of Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you wish, as far as Led Zeppelin goes, do you wish they would have deviated from just the Led Zeppelin albums? Like, is there any parallels there, or what do you think as a Led Zeppelin fan? What do you mean, like, like, what do you, th- like, like, I wish that like they would have just called, Led Zeppelin, right? like, that, like, do I wish that they would have called four Led Zeppelin four? Uh, yeah, like, do you think they should have kept going with that? Do you think they deviated enough? Do you think they should have stopped after Led Zeppelin three? Oh, no. I mean, no, it's Led Zeppelin. So, uh, yeah, after four, it's like, there's a distinct breakoff point, like, at four. Um, and then they have uh, Houses of the Holy and uh and physical graffiti and all those uh albums but those and those are de- like with a lot of purist zeppelin fans they'll say right, yeah well, they yeah. should have just stuck with one through three but i like the way that they did it is one of the most impressive uh okay in, impressive See, things i, I think so I agree yeah with that, you on that and i think run the jewels has to make a similar pivot yeah, if they want no, to make would, the next album i would agree with that too. the reason i ask that is because i that's been the number one thing i've thought of since i've heard this album is like shit do i want them to keep making music or not because as a fan i totally do i don't want them to stop anytime soon yeah but if i was an artist if i were them i mean they're at a kind of a hard point in the road right. now where they have to decide whether they're done and they're going to split up and start doing their own yep. thing or if they got to take this in a whole new right. direction which is terrifying as an artist yeah i think as much as I know Run the Jewels, for the past two albums at least, as soon as Run the Jewels 1 was done, they're like, Run the Jewels 2, we're in the studio now, right. we're working on it. Boom. Same happened after Run the Jewels 2 for Run the Jewels 3. So I expect them to keep going after it, but 
I'm yeah. kind of afraid they might beat this into the ground. So I yeah. guess yeah. we'll see. Well, well and see. like as a fan of, you know, when I heard Run the Jewels 2, I'm like, you know what? This is the perfection of the sound they were going for on Run the Jewels 1. Doesn't get better than this for this particular sound. And then Run the Jewels 3 comes out, and I'm like, you know what? This is slightly better than Run the Jewels 2 to me. So oh, while at the same time I want them to change, I'm simultaneously questioning is this like as full as their sound gets like is this the best version of their sound they're working for i don't know the question is i think the question is yes okay i agree with you you made a great point there from run the jewels one to run the jewels two they made a significant improvement right from two to three they made a slight improvement right the thing is if those improvements keep reducing how long can this last will it will it burn something new if, yeah, yeah. Are they going to stick with the same album cover and aesthetic and the same? I love that. I love yeah, that. You know, I mean, I mean, it's not that significant of a, a detail, but like, if they do, uh, you know, make a Run the Jewels four, I think they either call it Run the Jewels four and do a similar sound and aesthetic, or they call it something completely different and do an entirely different. Yeah, they pull a Zeppelin and, and yeah, like start it, moving in a whole new direction. Yeah, like which I would not. Yeah. I would be totally all for that kind of stuff too. I think. With what happened with with this one, they proved that they can keep moving forward as a group. Like they can keep on putting out consistently great stuff. Because like I was nervous with this whole thing too, because it's like they put out the same album art, and when it started, I was like, okay, this is going to be very much the the same style as the first two. That's very very hard to do for three straight records, but they proved they could do that. So I think if they can do that, they can move in whatever direction they want to. They just have to. They just have to make a decision. It's just going to be really. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. They have the talent. That's that's definitely, definitely not a question. So that's that's something to look forward to. I'm sure whether whether it's Run the Jewels or not, you know, they're not going to be done making music. Um, so I guess we're all probably excited to see where they go from here, but. You know, we are getting a little long, so I'm about to wrap this up. But, uh, Ben, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We always hey, love having yep. you on. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, let us know yeah, if man. there's an album in the future you want to come on the podcast for because we'd love to have Next you on. Next 21 again. Savage album, bro. Bring me up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, we so. Could just go, we could just go back and, and, and review the, the how, one that came out last how year. How good was Savage Mode, you know? Like, yes. Oh, man. That was so good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, all right, thanks. Thank you, Ben. Um, Patrick, I'm glad we're doing podcasts again. It's been a long time. Um, it's been a while. Thank you, Run the Jewels, for putting while. out a good album. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. And um, our- Thanks, everybody, that checked out our, our blog posts and stuff, yes. too, from, from, from end-of-the-year lists. We worked really hard on a top 50 albums of 2016 list, and we put... You know, uh, 100% honesty and thought into it. We would love it if you checked it out. There's playlists included if you want to hear, you know, songs or albums you might have missed out on last year. So uh, please check that out. Uh, Tell us what your favorite albums of the year were. Um, And uh, spoiler alert, none of them included Gucci Mane, everybody looking. It was like number 51. Like it was just right there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank, thank you for reading our blog. Thank you for listening. And um, RTJ3, motherfucker.